the second guy. Welcome to 3R Sports, brought to you every week by River City Media. Boy, I'm coming in hot tonight, guys. Uh, just got off a great show with my friend uh, Mike Leach, where we discussed uh, barbecue for the last hours. Let me tell you what I'll open the show with tonight. I bought food for me and Anna Lee. I do it every Tuesday because I got two shows back to back. And I just get off and in the 30 minutes in between shows, I'll power through some chicken wings, a burger. I discovered tonight there is no powering through salad. So if you bring home a healthy salad and you've got 30 minutes to eat it, it ain't going to happen in 30 minutes. So Randall is still hungry. So he might be in a bad mood here because a fat guy's got a bad attitude. Randall, Let's I'm going to put that on your tombstone. No powering uh, through yeah. salad. Powering through salad. Let's bring in our two featured superstar one. Man, I'm telling you, Rod. Robbie, are you going to show up every week looking this dapper? I do have – I have night court usually on Tuesdays, and so I'm coming straight from court. Um, really just, you know – our rivals up in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, just showing them kind of we can we can look nice too if we have to. What do you mean? My River City dog, Freddie Free Dog shirt is not 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 as nice as the suit and tie. Hey, hey, I've got hey. So, uh, and Rob, and Rod, of course, uh, we uh, interrupted. Thank you for joining us. You had to skip out on a baseball game. And we do appreciate it. What was the update? Uh, you know, had we had we done much? Uh... I did get an update. So lately, we've had an issues with turning our hands over. He's seven. Uh, yeah. He hits cleanup, but uh, basically, he swung through a ball and clocked himself in the head with a helmet. So the follow through is, is not happening. But he's been hitting the ball well. But I think tonight. He He's thinking a little much. He's XKs, which are his first two Ks of the year. And, um, you know, I'm under no delusions. I'm Indian. God made us to be engineers and doctors and lawyers, not to be athletes. But he's half white, and he's pretty good. So uh, today we went with trying to teach your wrist over, but via the lightsaber technique. We need to check That's your concussion protocol if he's already cleared to play. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're having a little bit of internet trouble tonight, and it's on my end. So if the signal gets a little jumpy on you, just stay patient with us. And uh, I've got construction down below, so I figure they're I'm wired together with, like, you know, some duct tape right now. But uh, let's get to it tonight, guys. A lot going on. Of course, if you look below, you'll see scrolling draft day specials. Again, it's a combined Chappie's Fantasy Chat with the 3R Sports. Uh, a week from Thursday night, we'll be here live with a special. We'll probably get through 10, 12 picks, or at least till Robbie has had one too many beers. So hey, we'll go I, as low. Go uh, ahead. Can I announce my daily three-team parlay so people can follow along and see how we're yeah. doing throughout the show? Yeah, absolutely. Is this, your, right. bet? Is this your bet your nuts bet? No, 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 no. This is my daily parlay. Very, okay. very different. Oh, and okay. speaking of, since, since they sent me some swag, I can uh, go – I bet on DraftKings. They sent me some swag. Thanks for, thanks for the swag, DraftKings. 
Um, but I've got the Indians. I hope I didn't just get in trouble with the FCC again. I got the Indians <laughs> and the Reds and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays all money line. Three-team parlay. All right. And we'll uh, – you've got the Rays, the Reds, and who? The Indians. The Rays, the Reds, and the Indians. Okay. We'll About to, to be the Cleveland baseball team, I guess. I guess, I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. But we'll have uh, <laughs> we'll have your Bet Your Nuts segment later on tonight. So let's get started tonight and just get where we thought we would start. Let's start – well, one other thing I wanted to start with. Rod, you're a USC graduate. We got a, a little bit of horrible news on the passing of Chris Brown earlier today, a 24-year-old all-Pac-12 lineman. Um, kind of just a tragic situation. No details on why, but thought you might want to share a little bit about what kind of player he was. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm a UC San Diego graduate, but I'm a USC family. My first game was in 1980, and I've had season tickets since. Dad and sister both affiliated. But that's about me, and who gives a you know what about me right now? Um, Chris Brown was. I mean, Sam Darnold said he was crushed, and you know Brown wasn't the most talented guy ever. He worked really hard and worked his way up. I think he came in as a freshman on third string. Um, just a super nice guy, one of those positive outlook dudes, and and Darnold is is obviously is a simpatico with people like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to know more because, uh, you know, it's unfortunately an epidemic in the sport. And with USC, there's been a number of young players that have passed away over the last, you know, three to six years. And, uh, yeah, this one hurt. You know, I, I, I never had met him, but I really admired him. He, he worked his butt off to become the player that he did. Yeah, and it's, it's sad to start that way, but we wanted to at least to recognize him. Uh, put put Thank put you. our sympathy out to the family. Thank you. And of course, no matter what school he went to, nothing but love. Anybody that plays at that level loves college football, which we all do too. It doesn't matter if you're a Trojan or a Vol, you love college football if you make it to that level. So interestingly enough, let's start. We're going to open the show with the current state of something in college sports. And right now, Tennessee we started the week a week ago with one commitment or two signees one the 61 player in america from california and then a kennedy chandler a top 10 rated point guard and then robbie the portal breaks open the world breaks open kids are reclassifying kids are changing schools what do you think of the current state and has it changed recruiting as we understood it in the past oh it has blown the doors off of what it's been in the past i was thinking about that a little bit on my drive home tonight and how's it going to look and our co our coaches coach viewing tape and recruiting at the same time and and then it looks back there's obviously no direct contact from coaches to opposing players or players, not even opposing players, players that are uh, already going during the season. But the problem you're going to have is there's no commissioner like the NBA 
And you see what happens in the NBA. The guys recruit themselves. They were you're, This right. AAU circle that they play with, go all – you know, you split your ways after high school, go to two different schools. Hey, how's that coach treating you? Or what's that atmosphere like? I'm not really happy. Let's get on. Let's get on a group text, and you have your, your old AAU team. Hey, oh, it's so fun to play with Coach X. I mean, it probably won't stop. You know, people like a certain coach in Baton Rouge from uh, contacting players <laughs> during the season. But um, it 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 is just you know dollar dollar bills. Uh, but I, that's that's what I fear is it's going to get just. It's going to make the entitled players more entitled and move away, and and there's really going to be no long-term commitment. I'm not happy, or I'm, or even I'm injured. I didn't get to play. Let's go try something different. Um, and I think a lot of, I know UT these last last season and this season, this is what Kentucky and Duke, not not the, the level of success, but just new roster every year and turnover and 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 and, and another thing is. Hope doesn't die after signing day, and this is our class coming in. It is something right. to pay attention to all year long. What five star, five four stars, even three stars from the previous class? Who's not getting to play, and where did they go? Look, and who was their top three, and who they not pick, and kind of just shift the landscape. But yeah, complete game changer. So there's yeah. a good point. There's a good point in that, Raj. Does it become equally as important? to finish second in someone's recruiting as it does first. Because now, obviously, if you finish second and you're a five-star, you go somewhere and you're unhappy, you can immediately move somewhere else. You, you know, I wouldn't even say that. I think affiliations, it's the new one and done is what it is. You never know where someone's going to go. You look at a kid like Nimari Burnett, who was a five-star kid, Went to Texas Tech. USC reportedly finished second. Didn't really get out of Tech when he wanted to. And he ends up in Alabama. Um, right. you know, new coaches there. You know, NATO, new assistants. He, you just never know is my point. And Namari Burnett, I believe, is from Napa, California. So it's relationships, affiliations. It, it, I think that does matter, but it's also more or less a crapshoot, if you ask me. So, Robbie, uh, Tennessee took a transfer within the conference from Auburn, a kid who went um, to Auburn that played significant min minutes in Justin Powell, who was part of their future, and he moves to Knoxville, and it's from all I could tell was the kid wanted to be closer back to Louisville. So, is do you find that kids moving – can you be on the sidelines and look and go – Hey, that kid would fit my program. If he hits the portal, that's who I want to recruit. Well, I think it I think there's two things in that. Where someone's from, like you take the, the kid, the four star from from California who committed to Tennessee without even visiting because of COVID. He could right. come to Tennessee. I don't like it. I'm going back west where I'm where I'm more comfortable. And it could be something like that. So I think it is is it a fit? Are they happy? And also who was the lead recruiter with these kids and have they changed hands? The the transfer we got, we being UT, got from Marquette. Well, we just hired the coach from Marquette, or an assistant coach from Marquette. Right. So it was kind of a package deal, not saying any kind of impropriety because Balls would never do that. But at the same, same, 
same time, Kim Inglis goes to George Washington right. and Ticket Gaines follows him yep. to George Washington. Yeah, so and you're USC gonna look assistant at coach Eric Mobley, who has two twin seven-foot sons, has nothing to do with how he was hired <laughs> at USC, for the record. Yeah, and so yeah, so I think it's going to be what coaches, where they're from, what's their happiness level. You take uh, going from Louisville to Auburn, Alabama, while still in the same southern region, it's a whole different dynamic as far right. as that goes. And, and 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 frankly, these kids have been essentially locked down, um, even worse than the rest of us have. Right. And uh, last thought on this, Raj, do you find it – and, Robbie, you can add to this one too. Do you think this destroys competition within the, SEC, the NCAA, or are we looking at a new normal in college athletics that the new normal is if I went to UT uh, – not that I did this, but I went to UT – and say there was a certain biology class I couldn't pass, and I took it three or four times, and I still couldn't pass it. And I end up going to UT Chattanooga and graduating because I could pass the biology class there. That was what a normal college student does. Does this put the athlete on the same footing, or does this give the athlete an advantage that shouldn't be allowed in competition? It's a great question, and I don't think it's the new norm, but then again, scientifically, you know, when it comes to health and the pandemic and society, when the NCAA declares that you're, we're back to the one-year sit-out rule, then that's going to state a little bit more about, again, the state of the country, the state of the pandemic. Uh, you know, this was just kind of a one-time exception that's been really utilized. And, you know, for somebody like myself from Southern California with a coach who's a total uh, – knucklehead tons of kids are coming home and it's saving his job him being the coach uh because of the pandemic and um hence i'm torn but yeah i don't think it should ever become the norm uh this used to be a commitment that you made for four years uh, really made for life and now it's a commitment in until somebody's happy or unhappy and then they go to the next place so um i hope that this is a temporary thing and, and you know during the Time being, we don't have fans. We can't go to a lot of games. It may as well be like hyper competitive, and uh, but hopefully it'll go back to the way it was, or at least similar. Do you think you can put that toothpaste back in the tube if you're the NCAA? I, I think the NCAA is a bunch. Of, I, I mean, there's nothing they do that surprises me. So either way, it, it mm -hmm. wouldn't shock me if if any. If this makes sense, if any organization is incompetent enough to get away with it, where people can just chalk it up and rationalize that as, eh, the NCAA, no, you know, pandemic, yes. Mm -hmm. the, just because of my uh, low expectations. I yeah, I know we're running short or long on this segment, but I, I think that this is kind of goes back to what I first brought up. NCAA in general, and maybe each sport within the NCAA needs commissioner over the whole thing the ncaa needs to go on the same page with the nba and say what are y'all are you going to lift this one and done rule or are you not um it because it would be much better if they went to the baseball model if you're good enough to go go if you're not though 
you stay three years and play them and get get better and then readdress it. Yeah, yeah, and and Robbie, I, I think I, I've also there's ways around the baseball rule. There's players that go from junior college straight to the the minors, but I really like the baseball rule. It's it's it kind of it's well defined. It's worked for Major League Baseball, but I, I do think they're going to have trouble uh, ever putting this back the way it was. Uh, of course, I couldn't believe they got the one and done changed as they did a few years back. So it is. Uh, go ahead. Real Rob. quick on real quick on that. I mean, let's let's be honest and, and probably pretty relevant today. Socioeconomically, who does the you must go to college rule affect the most when it comes to basketball. You, yeah. you know, that's rhetorical. That's absolutely rhetorical. But there's no reason why, you know, with football, I think they justify it based upon, you know, age and physicality, anatomical or, or, or something that people can't just go straight from high school. Um, you know, basketball is something different. And I don't understand why baseball can have a, a, you know, I guess it's cheap and easy to have minor league system all over the country, but, uh, you know, something we must take a, a deeper look at. There's no question. They justified it in football because that was back when the rookies kept getting the all the guaranteed money, and they didn't want to pay that to right. 18-year-olds who weren't yeah. going to pan out. And so now it's like, let's watch them for three right. years. He was bigger, Absolutely. stronger, faster. We'll pay yeah. them the guaranteed money. That's Now that's kind of went by the wayside. Great point. Great point. All right, so moving on to the next segment. That's a great one. I'm sure that's something we'll come back to multiple times is a but moving to the next segment we're going to do a little bit of a lighthearted here and uh robbie sent us out something uh the other night the best 25 uniforms in college football now i've got another link on nbc sports that's different than the first one but i wanted to throw this out here let's just run down and i think part of the pageantry of of college football are the bands you know, it, it is the cheerleaders. It's the majorettes. It's the traditional looking college football uniforms. It's the crowd. I don't know that I've ever, ever embraced the Oregon look or whatever. But let's start with you, Rog. And I know you're an SC guy. It, the SC finishes usually towards the top 10 in uniform style. What is your favorite uniforms? I mean, I'm get off my lawn, bro. Uh, I'm full on traditionalist. You know, Notre Dame, Penn State, Ohio State, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Michigan, uh, Alabama, just classic. You know, um, Florida State. No, I mean, Florida State was a, a, a one specific gender college up until like 1980. Oregon, and we spell it W H O R E G O N, thanks to Uncle Phil. Uh, no, I mean, neon green and stuff just to try to get, you know, the, the smoke and mirrors. Uh, but yeah, I'm straight up traditional Penn State, Texas, you name it. In, in our conference, you know, even UCLA has got the simple cursive, um, you know, Cal as well. But obviously I'm, I'm biased. Robbie, do you do you have the list you sent out that you could read down for us? Or if you, um, don't, if you don't, I don't have it handy. Okay, that's fine. Uh, what do you – I mean, I, I agree with you. UCLA is one of my favorite uniforms, Raj. I know that drives you crazy, but it is. But, Robbie, what do you find appealing? Do you like the tradition or do you like 
something new. Okay, so I'm also a get off my lawn kind of person. Um, I but let's say I, I think I think Oregon has its spot and I think they're fun. But my top college football uniforms, and I'll get r- real specific. Michigan's well, one get rid of the stupid helmet stickers for Michigan. But yeah. Michigan white uniform, yellow pants. Well, and get rid of the white pants, white jerseys, yellow pants or maize pants. Um, that's that's that, that to me. That's the best looking college football. Okay. Um, and I like Ohio State's home, and that matchup paired together is perfect. Um, also, USC and UCLA when they do the home on the both wear the home jerseys. Yeah, great to look at. Um, I also, I love the LSU tradition of the white Jersey being the home uniform. I I just think that's just something cool they have. Um, also Alabama and Auburn never, ever changing it up. Just same uniforms all the time. My favorite look is a Vols fan is white jerseys, orange pants. Right. That's my favorite. I, I think the for just some just personal preference, and, I, and I'm very heavy on the white jerseys, but uh, I like the orange being at the bottom instead of the top. It's just my personal preference. Um, Question then, for you both. The gray unis. I liked them. I liked them, but we kept getting our ass kicked every time we wore them. It's always like we're going to get our butt kicked. But, hey, look over here. We look great. Like Notre Dame yeah. would wear the green jerseys when they played number one USC. Like, eh, at least we look good. Yeah. I liked them. Yeah. I thought they were dope. I, I well, the problem, with, the problem with Tennessee with the gray jerseys, we'd always wear them um, against teams that were better than us. Like, it would just somehow make yeah. us better. Like, no, <laughs> wear them against Vanderbilt. Well, wear, wear them against – Tennessee Chattanooga. You can't even say Vanderbilt anymore. Yeah, uh, Akron. Maybe, uh, yeah. No the home homecoming jerseys. Yeah, I, I I have a smoky gray jersey. It won't be coming out of the closet again because I had some nightmares in the smoky gray jerseys. Sorry, guys. I had to change off the other microphone. It was causing us all kinds of issues. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Has that been asked for Hypel yet? Is is he gonna do any alternate jerseys? Has anyone asked him that? I, I don't know that they have. I, I could I could do without them until we get better. Now, if well, I don't know what their first question was, if that hasn't been asked. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> uh, and, and in the other segment, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. We're gonna we'll probably talk about some jerseys. I got some that I'm gonna run by y'all and just let you give thumbs up, thumbs down to what you think of them. And I tried to get a collection of both old school and new school to, uh, to uh, let us uh, kind of see what it is. So, you know, I hate to move on because I love uniforms, but we got, we're trying to stay on an hour, everybody. Let's, let's plug the things we got to uh, draft night. That show will be an extended version of this show. Plus we're adding Chappie back. Uh, we'll be here for All about right. two hours, and we will, uh, you know, I think we're going to have some action draft night. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, guys. And also, uh, of course, Thursday night, OA, with Chappie and myself, and uh, just join us. We appreciate bringing this, and you be here with us.
Brandon Chain said no to something. I ain't sure what he said no to, but he said no to something. On to the next I subject, bet. real fast. Oh wait, the, the, I bet he, I bet what he's talking about is get rid of the helmet stickers. That was Michigan specific. I love yes. Ohio State's Buckeyes and Florida yeah, State's Tomahawk yeah. Chop. I like that too. Those are the only two helmet stickers that are worth a dang. Yeah, I, I really like Ohio State's and. Uh, that that's actually in the uh, questions of pro helmet or anti helmet stickers. Um, I, and one more that never gets mentioned that I absolutely I think is great is I I really really I like that old school tradition of you know the 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 horn the Vivo on the side of the helmet of Texas, it, but I like it in white and white. You know, Robbie, I don't like to see the orange and white. Their yeah. road uniforms are really, really nice. LSU is my favorite uniform. Those are sweet. So, you know, if I wouldn't mess up my camera, the professional here keeps uh, kicking his chain underneath. So I'll, those are not, go ahead. I was going to say, the one, the, just real quick, the jerseys that annoy me the most, I think is Georgia. They just are so... Yeah. How do you mess up red and black? I don't know, but like, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like Green Bay got the wrong color shipment, and just we'll, we'll throw this on and let them play. I, I think it's the silver pants that makes me yeah. just like want to throw up. Yeah. All right, head coach. <laughs> and this one, we will uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on it. We'll just mainly we're touching base here, guys. The baseball season's underway, and by the way, the bet your nuts, Rod wins with the uh, Dodgers winning that series. Robbie, Rob, yeah, Rob too. We should have live on the air while we were broadcasting. And then, of course, uh, Orvalaski wins in UFC's co-main event. We were three and zero, uh, off to a good start. That'll be where else can you get that kind of winning percentage? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. So, uh, baseball season started, and we have suffered. The Braves currently have six people on the DL. Uh, we saw Tatis be on the DL. We have I've seen pitch, pitch, more people on the DL than I've ever seen to start the season. We know that a lot of Latin baseball was limited, which – these guys that play Latin baseball play all year, all around the clock. We also know that last year there was no COVID or no minor leagues, very shortened season with COVID. Is the inactivity part of the problem, Robbie? Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's just rolling over to. Uh, you talking about inactivity as far as like the injuries and all that? Yes, uh, they've played sixty games in two years, and now. They're playing every day, travel, full 162 season. Oh, well, I don't know about the inactivity. I think it's just the uh, break in their routine. I mean, these are guys that wake up the same time every day, eat the same, and then added travel and not getting an off season and not taking that time off and then coming back and, and you know, all being in a – I think it's just, it's just a different – scenario for extremely regimented people it would be you know it, it's almost like you know you can walk around your house in the dark 
So you got walking and feeling. Well, you just, you change that routine up. You move a table, and things things can go south quickly. And so I think that's a little bit of it. Um, I guess you guys don't walk around your house in the dark a lot. Yeah, yeah I, do. I try not to move tables, but I like that. Yeah. No pun intended. Things could go south quickly if I fell to the ground. But I agree entirely. Um, the other thing I'd add to is that, yeah, it, it absolutely is a sport of routine. And it's also a sport of a lot of, you know, there's a lot of kids internationally and, and domestically that depend upon that structure, that regularity, um, especially internationally. And you know, I can't help but think there's organizations that once they sign a kid, you know, straight out of the Dominican Republic or whatnot, and he's locked up, like they probably don't pay the same amount of attention to the kid as before. And, you know, like Yessi Puig, um, you know, Dodger fans, we loved him, but as a personality, uh, but, you know, he, he's a controversial figure, but he literally had the experiences of, you know, real life experiences of a child. Um, and, and not to impugn him, because he's actually, he's a highly intelligent guy. The point being is, is you take away all of that structure, all of total dependence on that, and then you're suddenly paying 100, 162 games, yeah, I, I think there's no doubt that that that's affecting things. Uh, and, and pitchers, you know, my boy Mookie got hit on the wrist last night inside the forearm. His dude kept coming way inside, and you know, I think it's affecting everybody. But yes, don't hurt Mookie. That's that's my golden rule. But I digress. So, Robbie, do excuse me, everybody. Athletes, as Rod said, are so ingrained, and you kind of hit indicated it too when they came back off of COVID do you do you feel like they the there was a period of inactivity that just you couldn't go to gyms you couldn't you couldn't train with your hitting coaches you could not live your life the way you had for 20 years do you see that now that pro sports and baseball I guess is the first one that's really undertook this to look like it normally does the routine don't you think that's a little hard to start establishing again travel every six days etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and I, there's a had to be a psychological toll it took on these players it's one thing if you're the dodgers and you're the um whoever the Dodgers beat in the World Series last year, and you're playing it for uh, – and you're playing for a championship. There were, There's a lot of people that, that go down that are playing in these empty stadiums, and their teams suck. And you have to start doubting your – like, do I love this as much as I thought I did? Right. Because there's so much adrenaline you get from playing in front of fans. Even if you're the Marlins, it must be nice to have 10 people there. But, you know, when you grow up and you and you play in front of all these packed places and then now you're playing base, it, every day has got to be like, you know, a scrimmage to a summer. As much as you know wins and losses count, it's different. And does that make you work out as hard? Does that make you do that extra rep when you're you're just in it? You, you're already out of it. And there's, there's nobody – you're not on TV necessarily. It's just, I think it's just a mental aspect that leads to a physical breakdown. Also. So, so uh, I think you're very 
to the point there, Robbie. Rog, one last question to, or maybe Robbie, you both can input to this. I'm really concerned if we've seen this many injuries in baseball. What could college football look like? Um, new crowds. You know, I, I think college football was probably the most effective sport without the crowd being there. Do you think, for lack of a better word, this is a new environment. And I think kids will absolutely go crazy to have 50,000 people back in Neyland Stadium or or 60,000 people in Brian Denny Stadium. What do you think college football will look like pre or post-COVID, Robbie? I would say if we are, we being as a society, if we're comfortable being there, it being packed, and I think you're going to have the loudest, most excited crowds. I think every game is going to feel like a big rivalry. I think people are going to be happy to be back and be able to do that. I think there's going to be – I know the first Titans game I went to, you know, I've talked about they did a fantastic job. But it was still – different it was nerve-wracking to see who is even though i'm not near them who um is beside me who's going who's peeing beside me who's doing whatever who's the session stand beside me um but i think once that once that hurdle is jumped then i think it's going to be everyone's so tailgating is going to be more fun uh going to the games gonna be more fun and the kids are gonna you know imagine not if you're a player not having the vol walk for an entire season they're going to appreciate that. They're going to appreciate running to the tee, to Rocky Top, to the to the crowd going crazy. It's all going to make for a better environment, and it's just going to – rising tide lifts all boats. I think everything's going to be better whenever fans get back and people get back to being being excited in person. There's that atmosphere. I know I, I went to, you know, a few t- UT basketball games. I didn't make it any football games because uh, I was – I mean, I guess it's hot. COVID's been crazy all you know, all year. But I went to a few UT basketball games, and Knoxville is a ghost town, and and that's not how it is. And so, even as a going to get a few beers before the game, uh, or whiskeys, or what have you, not um, who drinks beer? Uh, you know, it was it was it was just kind of lame. Didn't feel the same. Yeah. Didn't feel the same. Exactly. So, uh, and I know, Robbie, we got big news. Foley's coming back. Uh, I think think part of the reason he came back was to feel normal again in that crowd. And Mm -hmm. his acceptance or return, he was like, what if I could come back and do it again? He's going to get a chance to do it again in front of a normal crowd. So, go ahead, Robbie. Absolutely. I mean – uh, watch. I mean, watching him on senior night was sad uh, because not everybody could be there, and he's he is truly beloved on that campus. Sorry yeah, to jump in, Rog. Being West Coast, we've talked about it. there's a difference in college athletics. There is difference in pro athletics. Here's my question for the West Coast: When the Vegas opens up uh, and the Raiders get to experience what it's like to have a regular season in Las Vegas with their stadium. What's that atmosphere going to look like? Um, 
I am a Raider fan. They were in Los Angeles when I was a kid. The first games I remember were the 1980 Super Bowl against the Eagles. Uh, I was like four. Randall was like 38, but Kenny King took one long way. And then in 83, (laughs) uh, Marcus Allen, a 72-yard touchdown run against the uh, Washington Redskins. Boy Norris. My bad, 17. Big difference. To me, that might as well be 38, but at the time. Um, Raider Nation, it's funny because let's say you're a married husband that plays fantasy football. Who knows such people? Uh, and you may say, honey, me and the boys are going to go to one game, road game a year. Well, uh, you're probably going to tell your wife the Raiders are still in Oakland. But uh, the point is, there's going to be a ton of visiting fans at every game. Mm-hmm. That being said, Raider fans are unlike any other. I, I hate to say this. I used to make the joke that it's not like we're saving for, well, I am, but not like most are saving for college fund, you know, 529 for their kids. Uh, Raider Nation travels everywhere I've been. I've been to many games in Oakland. They call it the Raider Rooter in uh, in L.A., Orange County, Ontario, and um, Burbank. Just flights to Oakland every Sunday, and they're all packed. Uh, so to answer your question, it's going to be pretty crazy. But, uh, you know, I hope there's a lot of security. Let's put it that way because there will certainly be a lot of road fans. I've been to I've been to quite a few Titans games against the Raiders, and yes, Raider Nation shows up every single time. Oh, I have as well. All right, fellas, we uh we've got one more segment, and then we've got our uh, weekly, and we've done away, folks. I got the message. I got rid of the dumb bear and bull thing because nobody knew which way it went. We're just gonna go thumbs up, thumbs down. Wait, so, wait, wait. I finally watched a entire baseball series, and we're not going to talk about Dodgers Padres. I, want, hey. I watched it all. Uh, next up. Floor is yours. Cover. Sorry, I'm not the host. My bad. My bad. It's the Dodgers job. Padres. <laughs> no, you, we can go. We can go. I'll, I'll just throw it. Great, great series. Um, I went one and two betting on it, but um, man, those teams are good, and they're going to be fun for a while. The new uh, Yankees Red Sox, you know, it, it, it's it, you, our big rival, our big rivals, the Giants, our, because I played so well for the Dodgers. But, um, you know, after spending a lot of time in San Diego, America's greatest city, and I know Rob would agree, um, it's pretty cool. Because when I was there, it was like Cam and Nitty, even though he cheated, Kevin Brown, like back in the day, and the Padres were good. Uh, we used to call him Mr. Ho-Ho's, but much respect to Tony Gwynn. But um, there's just a natural geographical rivalry between the two, and now it's like fully backed by talent. Even the Angels are good. It's it's kind of crazy because usually we're used to watching the East Coast dominate, you know, the airwaves and Sports Center and whatnot. And and I think West Coast is much better baseball this yeah. year. So yeah, Padres suck when I live there. In our thumbs yeah, up, that. thumbs down segment, I actually did have a couple of questions, but let's go ahead and pull them out. And I just realized all three of us lived in San Diego at one point. It's kind of crazy. While we're East Coast, West Coast show. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're definitely, we are running ads in California as we speak. But I was going to ask you, and you said it a minute ago, is the Padres and Dodgers the new Yankees, Red Sox for the National League? Is it 
this team for years has had a rivalry with this other team, but they couldn't beat them. Does the Padres now have to beat the Dodgers to actually have a rival in, in that? Like, it seems like until 2004, the Red Sox talked about the Yankees being a rival, but it wasn't. So we'll start there you know, with you, Rod. It's probably more geographical because I don't want to disrespect the Atlanta Braves, who, uh, you know, my wife is a huge Braves fan. Randall, you're a huge Braves fan. You know, we got pretty lucky to get past the Braves last year, and it's the same team coming back, young pitching, great young farm system. You know, they re-signed Osuna. Obviously, there's a guy named Acuna on that team. I heard he's pretty good. Um, So I don't want to necessarily say it's Dodgers-Padres because that's not necessarily it. You know, maybe it is because the Padres have two guys, which is crazy, but with $300 million contracts, and I guess we only have one. But, uh, you know, Bellinger and a few guys are doing Budget hawks soon. over there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so th- the star power is greater between L.A. and San Diego. And, and geographically, it's intradivision. So it's a great rivalry. But, like, in the NL, I mean, do not discount the Atlanta Braves ever. Because and I firmly believe that a team, as constructed, must pay their dues before they get to the ring. And, and as a Dodger fan, I can't tell you how many NLCS games I went to since 1988. Wow. Okay. Now it's our turn. Now it's our turn. The Braves have paid their dues in, in miraculously depressing ways. Uh, you know, they're right there, too, in my point, is my point. And, and, and baseball is also about who gets hot at the right time. You know, the, the midseason trade deadline, you could acquire an amazing reliever. Uh, so I don't want to. Just say those two teams are is the craziest rivalry, but um, you know it, it's fun to watch in Southern California, and I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Robbie, did did you enjoy? See, I mean, you don't watch a lot of baseball, and you watched it. Did you enjoy seeing names that you hadn't necessarily heard of before, and how good the Padres, some of those kids are? I'm not just talking about new te- uh, Oh yeah. Te- yeah, there's there's talent everywhere on San Diego. Yeah. I will take a step back and contradict one of one of the things Raj said. You you have to pay your dues in baseball or you can just get some trash cans and, and make some noise. Fair. Fair. And, and Notable you, exception. And you can just go right Notable past. Notable exception. Um yeah no it was it those was, guys forever. <laughs> it was it was fun to watch. Um yeah as a self proclaimed I'm a go to the ballpark baseball person, but I'm not a watch on TV very much baseball person. Um, but that, I mean, always helps to gamble on it for, to get some attention. Uh, but I had fun watching it. The games were good. The rivalry is intense and yeah, a ton of young talent. Uh, the Padres are, I'm not sure how they're footing the bill, but they are, I guess, but yes. Um, and you know, I think Petco, uh, Randall, it wasn't built when you were you were there. Obviously, they were probably still in Qualcomm. Or, uh, but Petco is a yeah. Petco is a fantastic stadium, one of the I'd say top five in baseball, and it is in uh, downtown, which the uh, district is blocking. Uh, I'm losing focus on the what the district. What is downtown Gas- San Diego? Gaslamp. Yeah, so great Gas- built right in the gas lamp. So. If you're ever in San Diego visiting or you live there, go to the Padres game, games when you can. 
I, I, I would like it for when I lived there. It was just a we just went there and drank and hey, Padre suck, no big deal. Five ten dollar ticket, you get in. I'm sure it's going to be a tough ticket and a great atmosphere with a great team. I paid three dollars to go to a Padres game one time. Yeah. I paid one dollar to sit in right field and just to make Tony Gwynn. But even though he's great and I respected him, we, we just had we thought he was chubby. That's how uh, intelligent and clever we were. <laughs> we would um, we would go when somebody was coming in we wanted to see. Say if St. Louis was coming in, we would go so we could see Ozzy Smith or. The Dodgers was in town. We wanted to see the Steve Garveys of the world or something. And, and we would we would time up our trips so that we could go see. The, uh, and I'm glad to see it because I've been in a many uh, baseball games in San Diego at Qualcomm yeah. where they were lucky to be 5,000 people in the stands. It was the Florida Marlins at one point uh, on the West Coast. So to change up, a little bit from baseball and the last subject we'll really cover and we're, folks we're trying to keep this really tight we may run just a minute long here because i want to let this subject want to go through this subject recently the thought of super conference are back on the table expanded playoffs to college football i think we are headed towards the point of expanded playoffs it sounds like there's a real agenda to expand the playoffs in 25 also, I think if we do have expanded playoffs, what I've read, we may be pushing even closer and closer to a mega conference situation with our Power Five conference. And the the what I've read is maybe 74 to 80 teams in the power conferences. So it brings up a lot of great questions. Let's start with the current structure and We'll start with Robbie. Are you happy with the four-team playoff system? Is it enough for you? So this is a all-about-me question because they're all-about-me answer, I should say. Is it okay for me right now? Yes. Yeah, so this is, a, this is, a, this is a straight from a, my perspective what I care about right now. Four teams is fine, perfectly fine by me now, because Tennessee's never been fifth, sixth, or seventh. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't think that this year, <laughs> the last couple years. I mean, when's the last time we've had a really good semifinal game? Anyways, um, it's. I mean, there's. It's Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama right now. Throwing. Two, two or three, four more teams in there. I mean, it just the delays inevitable. I mean, but how many times has Alabama legit got upset in the last decade? I mean, they've lost to Auburn a couple on the road. Johnny Manziel, Ole Miss, I guess a couple. But all those Ole Miss teams were good. I mean, I, I just don't. And, and Clemson hardly ever loses, I, and, and unless they fix the watered down or not the just the advantages those teams have unless they figure that out first expanding it more it's just um waiting up when the final four gets there i mean i mean the a caveat to that would be playing on home stadiums maybe kind of cool to have an organ play at alabama for the first round something like that that would put some entry 
But just to move it around to the bowl cities, um, unless Tennessee plays in New Orleans or the Rose Bowl, then okay. But yes, purely me question. But yeah, that's I just don't I don't see a reason for it right now. Okay, fair enough. And then I wouldn't you and one of the answers that I have is it doesn't affect my life right now, and I kind of like it this way. Yeah. But another answer I would give you, and Rog, this one is for you because you are a Pac-12 fan, and we've seen the Pac-12 get left out of the NCAA Final Four for football. Should all conference winners in the Power Five be in the playoffs, thus expanded it, expanded playoffs? I mean, if it's the power five and you're talking about five teams, right? Um, do I think it should be expanded? Yes. I think the rationale behind that was, let's be realistic. It was the money. It doesn't mean you can't sponsor any one of those eight games, number one. Um, number two, regular season games don't mean what they used to. Now you have to play these out-of-conference games against, you know, Alabama or Ohio State. Oregon's playing them. USC plays Bama. You know, just to kind of, uh, for some conferences, to compensate for the lack of talent on your resume. Uh, but the point being is it's the same premise, if you ask me. Um, you know, the Pac-12 is very different in the sense that it's regionally harmonious, meaning that, you know, in LA, there's UCA, USC, UCLA, and they play the Arizona schools, Arizona, Arizona State. Cal, Stanford, right? Oregon, Oregon State, and the mountain schools even. Utah is why they came in there. Colorado, you know, so it's a little bit different there. But in the SEC, like, does anybody care if Tennessee plays Missouri? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, you know, so why not shorten the conference season two games and, and make it a 16-team playoff? Because you never know. You really don't. A team like Oklahoma with that kind of speed could face, you know, a, a Team like Ohio State that's just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, and they they can run them out of the stadium. You never know. And, you know, I think the money in the committee is uh, probably holding it back. But, uh, you know, give us a shot because it's four is far too small, in my opinion, of a field. Well, I think what would make it intriguing and get some upsets um, is always making one of the uh, non-power five. Like, you get, like, a good Army, a good Navy team in there. Like, I would love to see the intrigue of, hey, it all on the line, here's a triple option team coming at you, and just seeing how that would play out. And you have the freedom to do that in a 16-team playoff. In the NCAA committee, when it comes to basketball, we all know there's – Sick, twisted individuals and they love agendas and matchups and things and, and and i mean who wouldn't want to see that in football i agree entirely but right now there's no freedom no flexibility it's the same four teams and i'm not just saying this those same four teams deserve it they are i mean much respect much respect but yeah, really, there's no reason really why we can't become, open it up it really has become in college football lately the big three in Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and then the fourth team that gets in. But, yeah. Robbie, is Alabama so good that they make the playoffs null and void if we did expand them? Oh, if you if you expand it? 
Yes. As long as Saban's there, absolutely. There. If it's eight teams, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, are, are they gonna? As look, look at look at look at the SEC. Carolina new coach, Tennessee new coach, Vanderbilt new coach. Um, what do we got? Uh, Missouri new coach, I believe. For second year coach. Yeah, and I mean, you got Kiffin, Leach. You know, Ed O had his had his magical year. Save it out. Well, out coach him for the rest of his life. Um, there's no way Saban's losing two games in, in the SEC that's currently constructed um, because they don't play. If 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 memory serves, they don't play. Well, they don't get Georgia every year, but they and Tennessee's not a threat. Um, so they may they the Auburn road game gets them quite a bit, but Auburn's got a new coach. And it's not Gus Miles on anymore. So, is that guy going to be threat to Saban? So yeah, if it's expanded, Alabama, book your ticket. I, you know, I actually disagree in the sense that Bama has been able. They are so good. And again, as a Southern Cal guy with Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, I go back to those days like they were yesterday. They were like now two decades ago. And I used to be like jealous of Alabama, but consider our program to be better now. They're just untouchable. That being said, the first game is always so boring because it's so vanilla. So make them play a couple games and see who can do what. I mean, they've got, you know, four deep and five stars. So, I, you know, they've been able to literally – the first game is like – like they played Washington, the one Pac-12 representative a few years ago, and I think the final was 24-7. Um, I don't remember play because USC? I fell asleep. Didn't they play USC no, I, a couple of years ago? Not in the playoffs. I was at the game when we played them in Dallas. Oh. And we went up six oh. nothing, and then Alabama scored the next fifty-two points. Yeah, that was so a, uh, classic. Yeah, Advocare classic or whatever. But the point is, you know, it, it, you have to be use your roster, and, and Alabama's best suited to do that. But change your game plans and things because Alabama's been pretty much able to walk into the championship game thus far, largely being the one seed. Oh, I may have misunderstood the question. Was it uh, maybe? Yeah. Was it was Alabama a lock to get to yeah. the championship? Was it get, get? Oh, okay. I was saying a lock to get to the playoff. It was my bad. I'm just misunderstood. Oh, yeah, question. No, I agree. Yes. Well, uh, it, but your point is still the same. I think I think you're right that they're. I just don't see a scenario where Alabama. It's got to end at some point, but I just don't see it anytime soon. So while we're in this subject, uh, let's quickly, if we expand the super conference, I don't mind. So let's be a little realistic. Um, North Texas is not ever going to be a pair of 12, I mean, a, a, a power five school. But they are some marginal schools out there that is going to be swept up by someone in this Soviet power conference. Uh, right now, the Big 12 has 10 teams somehow. Who are the teams that you think of when we say, okay, we're going to add 10 to it? Who would be some of the teams do you think that could be brought from, for example, I think Cincinnati has proven their program at times are good enough to compete at a high level, um, I, you know, but 
outside of Cincinnati, maybe Central Florida. But Robbie, close to home, is Memphis good enough to be in the Big 12? Well, I think I think that they could be. They have they've shown they're good in football. Now, Memphis could be a mid-tier Big 12 football team and they could be a top tier, top 4 or 5 basketball team. Correct. Um, I agree. But the problem is not it's not competition, it's TV market. And Memphis doesn't add enough TV market to, to the Big 12. Um, maybe Cincinnati does. The obvious one, if I was a Big 12, would be UCF. Huge alumni base. Good at football. Good at decent. They make the tournament enough to be relevant. Uh, and then so that would be – and that gets you into the Florida market. So the Orlando area, that, that would go there. And then, um, it, you know, if – I doubt BYU ever would, but that would be another one you, you reach for. Um, but, you know, maybe yeah, maybe Cincinnati, UCF. But honestly, I think the next big move isn't the Big 12 expanding or the Pac-12 expanding. I think it's them all getting together and saying, what's our big – similar to what they were thinking about in the European Super League. At some point, not at some point, a while ago, the NCAA has lost its power and its function for football. It's It owns the tournament in basketball, so it will be around in basketball. Um, but the college football playoff isn't owned by the NCAA. And so take your ball and say, we're leaving. We're do- we are being essentially what the XFL, what everyone has been trying to do to the NFL – but they've already got the built-in teams, stadiums, fan bases. They've got all their structure. We're taking our ball and we're going and we are negotiating our own TV deals. I mean, what ESPN just paid, what did they pay? Like a, a billion dollars a year for the SEC or something like that? For the SEC game of the week? It's, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, so why would you not just say, all right, let's band our best – hate to copy the NFL, our best 32 teams, and let's split it up just like they do. And Because they've got a fan base that likes the college football that, that doesn't necessarily watch the NFL. I think most NFL fans watch college football. So there's um, – it's just there. And so to keep playing by the NCAA rules when they're outdated and not needed is – it's just kind of silly. So is it 32, though? I mean, I guess that's my million-dollar question. If I pick the best 32 programs right now, I would leave a bu- – Tennessee, I think, would be left out, which is a 100,000-seat oh, yeah. football 16, 16, yes, 32, no way. I don't know, um, man. But, you guys would – Akron was pretty good last year. But, you know, I, I certainly think it should be expanded. 32 may be excessive because, again, it, it's at the expense of – conference games and revenue and revenue sharing and all that nonsense that you know can probably be you know supplemented with sponsorships and whatnot but you know personally i think it should be a 16 team tournament and uh it it should be something that 
because I, I don't think 16 compromises the things that we love about college football, which is the rivalry, the pageantry, the bands or whatnot. You know, I mean, let's say number one, obviously a hypothetical, number one temp, uh, Tennessee is playing number 16 Memphis or, you know, number 16 North Texas. It, it's, it's not going to have a lot of magic there. Um, so it, I, I think that would diminish rather if it were number 32. Um, point being is I think we have to preserve what makes college football great. But at the same time, I, I mean, it, it should be more equitable or, or at least more entertaining. So in this scenario, though, um, and then we'll go on to our closing two segments. What happens to mid-majors? What happens to Boise State? What happens to Marshall? What happens to Wyoming? Do they then become the new college football? And there's a super group of Tennessee, Alabama, UCLA, USC. Um, and then there's a next level that's created that is Wyoming, Memphis, Marshall. And that becomes more important, almost like a division one double A, double A, you know. Could you see – go ahead, Roger. I want to ask Rob this because Rob has a uh, very unique perspective on certain things. And this may be one of them. What, what constitutes a mid-major? Like what, you know, we talked about UCF. They have almost 60,000 undergrads in the Orlando area, most of which are commuter students. But why can't, so, to me, we're just saying that like a team that doesn't, or a school that doesn't have the same uh, status level uh, of others in football isn't quite ready to be considered seriously. And I don't really understand and, and what would be the alternative. And Rob is very good at thinking outside the box. So I wanted to ask him. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So no pressure. to me, yeah, to me in football, I wouldn't say it's the conference affiliation necessarily. It is the scheduling power. So, UCF doesn't have any scheduling power with the big boys at all. So it's always a if they want to play if, if they will even play UFC or UCF, it's always on their terms at their stadium. No home and homes. I think Florida debated it for a while, and I think it was three games at Florida for one at UCF. And so to me, that's the mid-major. You just don't have power. Um, and, and the reason why you don't have any power is because you don't have access to the tournament at the end. So to parallel that with basketball, the Zags have gotten power because they have made it to the tournament. They've made the runs. Loyola Chicago has got a brand. They've made it to the tournament. They've, made, they've had access to the money. They've had access to the to a championship but path. So they can play at least neutral site games against these teams. They can – they can, you know, or a home and home. They can, they can negotiate. Um, where in football there isn't no negotiation. So that's my view of a mid-major who doesn't have any power. When Boise was was at its height, it played a home and home with Oregon. I can remember the Legarrette Blunt punch, um, and so they got the Ducks to come to the Blue Turf and beat them. Um, so that was the closest that anyone came to breaching a lower conference into some negotiating power. 
So I'm just a, a tad bit older than you guys, which we like to point out. And, and I enjoy Ben. But they, I would three, while you were talking, Robbie, there's three examples that come to, to mind to me, and they're from different era. And, and Boise was the first one. I think they got on the door. And I actually thought Boise actually had a chance to get a spot in a Pac-12 or a Big 12 at one point, but they didn't. They didn't make that leap. The other one that comes to mind was in the the mid nine mid nineties or late eighties. Southern Mississippi got on the doorstep. And Southern Methodist. Yeah, well, Southern Methodist was there until he's talking about the, uh, Brett Favre. Oh, Southern okay. Mississippi. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. It'll make sense here in a minute. The last one I can truly b- remember going from no scheduling power to ultimate scheduling power is Florida State. If you looked at Florida State in Great point. 1976, it looked yeah. no different than probably a lot of these schools look right now. Again, they were they were all female. They were one gender yeah, up they, until a certain point, right? To, to a certain point in the 60s, they were. Yeah. Southern Miss and Florida State did it one way, and it's the only way that I've ever succeed, seen it succeed. And, and Southern Miss beat Alabama, came to Knoxville. Southern Miss was willing, and Florida State. I remember Florida State playing, uh, I don't remember if it was, it was one of the Mississippi schools four times to get a home game. They were just mm-hmm. like, we're so determined to do this. And they got there by starting to win those football games. So I guess they laid out the pattern in the 70s. You've got to be willing to make those three-for-one side prices like UFC was negotiating with Florida. But if you don't win, it doesn't pay off. Mm-hmm. So, And, um, and um, that, that's a – Florida State's a great example. The one and, – and the geographic advantage Florida State had, and correct me if I'm wrong, but – they, I mean, they're, they're obviously in Florida, but the ACE, they joined, the, they went from independent to join the ACC who had no footprint in Florida. Right. And so thus nobody to block them. Right now, UCF will get blocked in the ACC by Miami and Florida State, and they will get right. blocked in the SEC by Florida. And so really UCF's only place, landing place, is going to be the Big 12. Right. And, and to a certain extent, while Miami had a bigger footprint always than Florida State, if you will remember the Michael Irving teams in the 80s, Hurricane teams, they really came from nowhere to be a dominant power in college football that got them into the ACC. So, right. They were in the Big East at that point, right? Yes. yes right. Yeah. Yes. So, guys, this has been a great show. Uh, y'all want to do up to, thumbs up, thumbs down now, or you want to go straight to bet your nuts? Because I think we'll do Let's a couple do bo- of thumbs down. Yeah, just a couple yeah, let's, here. Let's and do both. Go back to the uniform question. Is Oregon's uniform appealing to anybody over 18 years in age? Right. <laughs> Not with a brain, no. I mean, well, then again, I'm easily seduced by a lot of things, and so is Rob. So, uh, I'll say maybe, even though I loathe them. But yes. So you're going to give me uh, a thumbs in the middle. Uh, this one. Yeah, that one. Robbie, uh, your, your, your thoughts on that one. So Oregon, yes, 
Maryland, no. If you're going to do it, be the first to do it. Um, or, or be good at football. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't be all flashy and suck. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> all right, next question. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Tennessee State hires Eddie George with no coaching experience. He then hires Hugh Jackson to be on his staff. Adds Jeff Fisher as a consultant. Hires Jeff Fisher's son to be a defensive coordinator. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Eddie George succeeds at Tennessee State. Start with Rob on this one. Um, thumbs up. They really have nothing to lose. And with Jeff Fisher on your staff, you're guaranteed to go 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> From a Titans fan. Uh, Robbie, I mean, Rod, what's your thought on Eddie George getting a head coaching job? I don't get it. I mean, usually it's marketing. It's promotional. He's never coached before. He, he's a handsome guy, and he's got sweet headshots, and he probably worth like 20 to $40 million in his life. And yeah, I really don't understand it. Um, aside from Tennessee State, which I think they had any money paying him an excessive amount. But, yeah, it, it seems like it's all for show. I mean, good for him when they uh, – it's just like Dion at Georgia State. At least Dion calling recruits. And maybe Dion was the blueprint. But, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. After four years when they're fledgling, he'll be gone, in my opinion. Probably that. Hey, so does Josh Hockey, so they can have coaching searches together. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. DraftKings and FanDuel – Make me watch sports that I'm not even a fan of so I can gamble on them. We'll start with Robbie Davis on that one. Hey, hell, I'm going I'm going 0 for 3 on a parlay right now on a score I don't even really watch. Go baseball. Uh, actually, actually, I'll take that back. One for two. The Rays are winning right now. Um, to be fair, though, we were going to bet – I was going to bet the Pirates, I think. They got postponed. But, um, no, it makes me want – well, um, even before these legalized means of gambling, I like to keep a little ledger um, just for my own sake. But, no, um, I think just all the sports and um, just being stuck at home, even though I, I usually go to sports bars and I, they, they're on in the background – but at my house, I have the volume on, and so it's making me watch more and pay attention more. It, it does me. I mean, 100%. I am a guy who kind of lost interest in baseball that is now 100% in baseball, looking at the starting pitchers every night. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with I play DraftKings. Y'all saw the other night I was so excited. I won a West Coast contest for $200, and you thought I'd – Warren won the uh, much, the World Series. Much respect, because you you had to stay up to like two a.m. on the East Coast, man. I did. Um, you know, quickly, that's the age-old question: Would you root for your fantasy team over your favorite team? And and I think it depends on the person, the amount of money, where you're from. If you're from a big market team, you know, probably not. If you're not, then yeah, I'm sure you would. I mean, I think it makes things interesting. I, personally speaking, I when I bet and lay it down, I'm not 
trying to generate massive amounts of wealth. I am trying to generate massive amounts of interest. And that yeah, may sound arrogant. You're doing it all wrong, man. I, well, obvious. I have a certain amount that I'm set, just like Vegas, dude. You go there. I got this much that I'm gonna lose or spend. If I win anything or anything above that, it's all great. But uh, I'm still gonna love it no matter what. So uh, I'm a little bit of a different beast. So thumbs up. I think. I'm I'm definitely a root for my team over my fantasy team, but I, but I purposely try to do both because I don't draft players that are going to be in the Titans division unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> And that's why you haven't won the league in 20 years. It's getting embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, 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 let's not talk about that. All right, guys. Well, I mean, let's, uh, let's plug our stuff. Of course, every week we are here at eight o'clock, three hours for it. Robbie, Rod, and Randall. Um, it's a great time. I think we bring you a lot of great content. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we are. Quick yeah, nuts. we're we're not doing our lock of the until next yeah, week. I got, I, got, I got nuts covered. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll, oh, let, we'll let you know. I'm just, I'm just plugging. Brandon uh, said, "Robbie wearing a tie, like he worked today. Probably played 36 with criminal. I like that one. Uh, so here every Tuesday night." Uh, and I guess we're going to do – are we going to do a show next Tuesday and do the NFL draft special? Yes. So we're going to record two different nights. Robbie, you might want to clear that with a, a certain female that I promise never to make mad. He doesn't uh, even have a kid, dude. Stephanie's yeah, on board, no, Rob. I mean, Sack up, bro. Sack up. Oh, no, are you kidding me? I, I wouldn't she, – hey, she'll be happy I'm in our office instead of the draft on the big TV. Uh, okay. She is pretty cool. She is super cool. So we'll start at 7.30. We'll go to about 10 o'clock or to Robbie's 12-pack. Um, and we'll we'll have a great time. And Warn the FCC in advance to go look at watch somebody else's show. You know, you know, I got – I sent this uh, break for a second. <laughs> Y'all can just be part of the inside of the show. I sent it to the network that we're going to do this. And they were like, okay. And I was, and I made a joke. I was like, yeah, it just matters. We'll go till 10 or till Robbie or Raj says something so inappropriate that I have to kill the feed. And do you know what I got back? Just make sure they don't have the TV on in the background when they do it. Hold on one second. I got to, well, you guys, my wife is locked down. Hold on. So, so may as well start with me then because he's going to be locked out for a while, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I think we're safe as long as we don't turn the TV on the wrong station or uh, I'm excited about the draft. Uh, I still think we've got one more big trade coming. I'm thinking the Denver Broncos are going to move up to number four, but we'll see that. So the most popular sponsored by what, where's the, where's those nuts from? Uh, these ended up in my house somehow. These are Texas Roadhouse. They're not even like Dodger nuts. Not I think I think I just Texas violated. Roadhouse. No, I just found these, and it has nothing to do with uh, Texas Roadhouse. They're just peanuts. Yeah, they are. But, we're going to put our nuts on the line. Last week, Robbie put his nuts on the line with a baseball. It was six nothing by the time you texted us, and we were off the air. So. 
what are you going to bring us this week, which this parlay doesn't look like it was it was your bet your nuts. No, you no, that's that's, that's that's just my – this is my daily three-teamer to fund my bet your nuts pick. Okay. So this week I'm giving you sitting at plus 200. So bet 100, win 200, get back 300 for you math whizzes. Um, it is going to be, and I bet it this weekend, and I won this weekend. Denny Hamlin, top three at the Geico 500. Sitting at plus nice. 200, top three, Denny Hamlin. Nice. Raj? Uh, you know, it's actually not this week, but you guys know that MMA-wise, I'm partial to my boy. Uh, great kid, great guy. Neil Darius, like one of the nicest people you know, I used to do super well on his fights because he was an underdog. Uh, right now against Tony Ferguson, this is May 15th. Um, it, it's pretty close to even, but I'll take the Darius money line all day. As for this week, the Lakers get back Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So, you know, I'm I'm always a money line guy as part of a parlay. Like when it comes to the Dodgers, Dodger money line plus whatever you're feeling lucky about. Because usually you'll get that one thing down. So um, if I have to go this week, I, I was trying to figure this out. I really didn't have anything, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, my, what, my bet my nuts that Robbie is wrong. Oh. Oh, look at this oh. action. I needed something. Somebody's going to so, be 2 and 0 oh, and somebody's going to be nuts. Oh. All right. So, I have got two I've got to play a parlay because I just can't play. It's easy to say, "Oh, I'm taking Usman to win because he's minus 400." But I'm playing a two-fighter parlay with Bullet Shersenko and Usman to buy it down to negative 145. Give me both of them to win. And also, at plus 250, I'm going with Bullet to end the fight before the third round. So Yeah, come here. I'm giving you a bonus pick. My bet you're nuts is Shashenko, Bullet Shashenko, and Usman on a parlay, and then Relax. throw your Look, money. There on you are. Bullet to end the fight. Right there. So. I can't eat a fight. Hey, let's see the back of that jersey. What number is that kid wearing? Number ten. You what, know what's it. He wearing 10 Justin for? Turner, Chipper uh, Jones. I, uh, I I was just looking at the NBA standings talking, as the Lakers came up. Y'all know the Hawks are a four seed right now. We could yes, have some. Does. Playoff basketball just down the road. Yeah, I, the Hawks are doing so well. I went to see how many balls they were going to have in the lottery and found out that right now they'd be the 21st pick. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Who knew? That's life as a Hawks fan, so I've been enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Bullet and Usman, that's my pick. Robbie, uh, we got just a minute. Won't you throw out anything you want to throw out? Hit us with some closing thoughts. Um, well, I mean, it's been fun. It's getting more and more fun each week, uh, getting with you guys. Hopefully, 
Um, people are enjoying it, and thanks for listening. And um, again, shout out DraftKings for the sweet merch. Free. Oh, Thank the, you. Oh, the oh, you refused to mention them. They sent you merch. I, yep, that's right. Now, uh, I just got to think of some more things I use. Here's a cell phone. I'm not going to mention the company. I'm to send a free cell phone. FanDuel. <laughs> he's he's always working it. Uh, <laughs> as for me, you, you know, I, I can't big up to my boy, Benny Dariush. People sleep on him. He's 20 wins. Four losses and I think one draw. Uh, uh, you know, just sleep on anybody that's hardworking, that has a lot of faith, and, and that does the right thing. Um, the other thing would be, per usual, go Dodgers, Blankers, anybody else on the West Coast, because I'm the only one here who pulls for us. Well, in a level of pathetic that only I can reach to. Saturday, I am headed to Knoxville to watch spring football. It oh, will be the God. first time that I have watched football other than in the broadcast booth during the high school season. I don't know how long I'll make it, but I've been super COVID paranoid. I am now vaccinated. I don't know if I'll go and freak out. I feel like a man. I'm afraid I'm literally, if there's a crowd around me, I may freak out and just leave. Hey, is there is there room in the car? I, I may want to go. Yeah, yeah, I'll yell at you offline. Okay, hey, there shouldn't there shouldn't be a crowd around any. Yeah, I think I think you're I think I think you're more likely to catch COVID oh, walking down the street than you are to the Vols orange and white game. Yeah, I think so too. But I was going to throw it out there. And again, we appreciate all the support. I will plug the shirts. They are on sale, but I'm going to be honest with you. This is how much I am uh, an honest guy. I've got them available at a price right now. I'm going to have them $5 cheaper here in about a week and a half. So I'm not really going to plug the place that made these. I'm plugging the place that sold the design of these. So give us about 10 days. We'll have plenty of shirts in, and we're going to be able to sell them for $20 a spot and $7.25. So... We made that deal today. Also, we've got hats that'll look similar to this. Trucker hats that'll be in in about two weeks. Thank you. Uh, seriously, we joke around. But thank every, Thank you so much to the thousand people on average that watch us skew our stuff on here every week. It is really nice to know that people take part of their day to watch us and, and, and give us feedback and this is an honor to come to your home and do this. So we'll never forget it. We hope we entertain you, but we have to ask, please go to YouTube and like our channel. Please go to Facebook and like our, um, our Facebook page. Rod's got us like 300 new viewers by like half the way. All of a sudden we're trending on the West coast. Uh, that was just my, I'm Indian. So that was just my immediate family, my 250 brothers and my, Ten sisters. Yep. The, official, the official Twitter of this program is Robbie Davis's. What? Oh, I Give forgot about that. I forgot that I'm supposed to be tweeting that. Too yeah. many cocktails at the beach last week. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate everybody. We'll see you next week.
Take care. Take care. Yeah, That's man. a sudden Thanks, Randall. Home.